What's in a name? That's the question Juliet asked herself as she looked out the window. What's in a name? That by which a rose is called by any other name would smell as sweet. You may recognize that line. It's from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, It's a story of forbidden love. Romeo loves Juliet. Juliet loves Romeo. But they can't be together. Why? Because their families are bitter enemies. But they love each other. And so one night, Romeo just needs to see Juliet. And so he creeps into the Capulet's garden. And what's he doing? He's, he's stalking Juliet. He's watching her window, hoping he gets to see a glimpse of beautiful Juliet. And soon, she comes to the window. Not just to pass by, but she stops in the window and looks out at the moon. Romeo quicks jumps into a bush. And that's when she delivers her famous speech. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name. But if thou wilt not be but sworn my love, I will no longer be a Capulet. What's in the name? What's the point of her whole speech? Her whole point is that if Romeo were called by any other name, it would be no problem. Or if she would be called by any other name, it would be no problem They could get married. They could be together. No big deal. But they can't. Because Romeo is a Montague. And that name is associated with uh, the Capulet's most bitter enemy. Romeo and Juliet. Man, Anne's got that cranked up today. Oh man, I heard it. I'm like, man, that's really loud. (laughs) If I can hear it, everyone else can hear it. (laughs) Um, But what's in the name? And and the reason why Romeo and Juliet couldn't be together is because Romeo was associated with the Montagues. And when we're talking about names, a name isn't just a title for somebody. It associates somebody with characteristics uh, other than just a name. For instance, when you hear the name Donald Trump, You don't just think of a guy named Donald. You think of President of the United States. When you think of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, you don't think of a guy named Jeff. You think of a creepy serial killer. When you think Stephen Apt, you don't just think uh, of a guy named Stephen. You think of pastor or friend. We associate names with other things, with other characteristics of people. And so let me throw one more at you. What about Jesus? What do you associate His name with? What do you think of when you hear Jesus' name? Does it even matter? Today we're going to see that it mattered a whole lot to a guy in Acts chapter 3. The book of Acts uh, occurs right after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, biographies of Jesus' life. Then comes the book of Acts. Uh, And if you've ever wondered why the book is called Acts, It's actually a shortened version of the original title. The original title is actually the Acts of the Apostles. They just shorten it down to Acts. And so the whole book looks at the Acts of the first Christian church. The first century Christian church looks at the Acts of the Apostles. And so chapter 1 begins with Jesus ascending into heaven. Jesus died. He rose again. He was on earth for 40 days. On the 40th day, he ascended into heaven where he now sits at God's right hand. Chapter 2 
takes place 10 days after that occasion, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, on the day of Pentecost, when God sent the Holy Spirit to open the disciples' minds to understand Scripture and to speak in different languages to preach the gospel to many nations. Then chapter 3 happens. And in chapter 3, it's a few weeks later, and Peter and John are walking into uh, the temple in Jerusalem. It's mid-afternoon. And as they're walking in, they're talking, and all of a sudden they hear, can you spare some change? And they look down. And there's a man sitting at the door who's been crippled from birth. Can you spare some change? Peter looks down at this man. and He didn't even uh, have the courage to look up at them. He's, he's just staring off into the distance. Can you spare some change? Peter said, look at us. So the man turned his gaze up to Peter and John, expecting, hoping that they give him some money. And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have. I don't have any money. But what I do have I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the man jumps up. And he starts jumping for joy. Think about that. The man crippled from birth. His ankles had never worked. His muscles had never worked. And now he jumps up immediately and starts jumping and walking around. And he follows Peter and John into the temple. And this man was well known because this is where he sat every day because that's how he made his living, by begging for, for money because he can't work. And, and so everyone knew him. And as he's walking in, everyone takes notice. Hey, that's Bob. What's Bob doing walking? How, what's going on? How's he jumping? What's, what is going on in the crowd surrounds Peter and John. And and Acts chapter 3 says they pressed so tightly that they actually, the three of them, held on to each other's clothes. Otherwise, they would have got lost in the sea of people. And everyone is wondering what's going on. And Peter says, People of Jerusalem, if you want to know how this man has been healed, then know this. It's by Jesus Christ of Nazareth who died and rose again that He is healed. It's by His name that He has been healed. Everyone was uh, interested. Everyone was captivated. And it got the attention of the church leaders. And we pick up in chapter 4 as the church leaders who have now taken interest in this matter come to confront Peter and John. Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. The priest and the captain of the temple guard And the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. All right, so you really have got two different groups here. You've got the priests and the captain of the temple guard. Uh, These people were probably of uh, the Jewish sect called the Pharisees. So you had the Jewish religion, and then you had the Pharisees, and we're going to talk about the Sadducees in a minute. But the Pharisees were the ones who were morally good. They were morally upright, 
uh, and they taught and believed that if you were morally good, you found favor in God's sight. The Sadducees were the group of uh, Jewish believers that didn't believe in anything spiritual. Soul, they didn't believe in. They didn't believe in angels. And they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And so you've got two groups that both don't like Jesus. Why? Because Jesus taught you can't be morally good enough for heaven. And Jesus rose from the dead, which disproved the Sadducees' belief and there's no resurrection from the dead. And so both of these groups did not like Jesus because he contradicted their beliefs. And so what did they do? They threw Peter and John in jail because they wanted them to stop talking about Jesus. Nothing really changes, does it? Times change, but people don't. You still have groups that teach that as long as you're a good person, you get to heaven. And you still have people who are teaching that they can only believe what they see. That there's nothing spiritual or spiritual realm. It's just this life and then it's over. That's what the Sadducees taught. And Jesus contradicted both of them. And they wanted to quiet Jesus' name. And so if you're following along in your worship folder, that's our first point for today. Some people want to get rid of Jesus' name. Some people want to get rid of Jesus' name. Times change. People don't, right? All you have to do is look overseas to see how people still today want to get rid of Jesus' name. You look to the Middle East and you've got Christians who are being put to death because they believe in Jesus. You've got Christians that are being thrown into prison because they believe in Jesus. Their their churches are being lit on fire. Bombs thrown into their churches because they want to quiet Jesus' name. Why? Because Jesus contradicts what they believe. But you don't have to look overseas to see it, right? It's, It's here in America. I don't know if you saw it. Earlier this week, I read that uh, in Maryland, there was a court case that they ruled a a World War I memorial unconstitutional. Why? Because the memorial was a 40-foot cross. And so they ruled that it has to be taken down because it's unconstitutional. Why? Because they want to get rid of of the name of Jesus and everything that Jesus' name is associated with. Why? Because Jesus contradicts what they believe. He contradicts what they believe. Maybe it's a lifestyle that they want to live and Jesus says, no, that's not appropriate. That's not a lifestyle to be lived. I love you and I'm looking out for you. And they say, Jesus, I don't want to hear it. Get rid of his name. I don't want to hear his name. Maybe, and this is sad, maybe it's they had a bad experience in church. Someone uh, went to a church where it was more about politics and uh, making them feel bad than telling them about the love and grace of God. 
And so they had a bad experience. They were abused by the church. And so now when they hear the church uh, or Jesus' name, they don't associate it with good news. It's bad. And so they say, I don't want to hear it. Maybe it's a person who believes that it doesn't matter what you believe, all roads are going to get you there, get you to heaven. So I don't want to hear Jesus' name because he's too exclusive. He claims he's the only way, the only truth, and the only life that no one can come to the Father except through him. I don't want to hear that. Let me believe what I want. And so what do we do in America? What do we see? We see Jesus' name being silenced. That's why you can't really say Merry Christmas anymore in some parts of the country. You have to say Happy Holidays. And they replace Jesus' name with Santa and the Easter Bunny. Times change. People don't. People want to get rid of the name Jesus. That's what the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted. And so they threw Peter and John into jail. Here's what happens the next morning. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Just stopping and noting who these people are. Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander. Uh, These guys were the same group that put Jesus to death. When you're reading the end of the Gospels and Jesus goes on trial before the uh, religious rulers, this is the same exact people. You'll read of Annas, Caiaphas, John, Alexander. These were the people who said, "We we condemn you to death, Jesus. Let's take him to Pilate. And then they were the ones who uh, got the people all riled up before Pilate and started demanding crucifixion. That's who we're talking about here. Here's a, and, and they want to know, by what power or what name did you do this? The miracle. Here's Peter's response. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Stands before you healed. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stands and says, this is how we did it. Uh, I love his response, too. What's his response? Hey, look, if we're on trial because of a good work that we did, we healed this man. And if we're on trial for that, then okay, fine. Know this. It's by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. What did Peter do? He spoke law and gospel, right? You crucified the Messiah, but God raised him from the dead. It's pretty impressive, isn't it, Peter's transformation? That might be the most impressive part of this whole thing. Uh, This isn't that far removed from uh, what we know Peter mostly for, right? Which was denying Jesus. It was just four months before this that Peter rebuked Jesus 
You might remember that. Jesus is talking, saying, hey, we're going to go up, we're going to go up to Jerusalem, and uh, when, I, when we get there, I'm going to die. And Peter took Jesus aside and said, stop talking about dying. You're not going to die, Jesus. Four months before. Three months before, Peter was in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus when the guards came, and he pulled out his sword and cut a man's ear off. Later that night, he's standing in the courtyard and he denies he even knows Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three months later, he's boldly proclaiming Jesus. Proclaiming His name. And that's the second point in your worship folder. Take the opportunity to proclaim Jesus' name. That's what Peter did, didn't he? He took the opportunity presented before him to proclaim Jesus. He healed the man. They said, how did you heal the man? Let me tell you, it was by Jesus. And not just by Jesus, but he died and he rose again. Take the opportunity to proclaim Jesus. And so the question is, how do we do in moments like that? Do we proclaim Jesus' name as boldly as Peter and John? Or are we more concerned that they're going to be offended? Are we more concerned that we're going to take some heat because they're going to be angry if I proclaim Jesus' name in this situation? And we start to justify it, right? We, we think to ourselves, well, I really have no business to tell them how to live their life. I have no business to tell them how they're going to get to heaven. Uh, so I'm not going to say anything. The Bible's true for me. I believe it's true. But for them, it might not be true for them. So uh, I will worry about the Bible for myself and they can worry about their own life and I'm not going to proclaim Jesus' name. What about in our household? Do we proclaim Jesus' name in our house to our family? And I'm not saying you sit there and, and, and preach. I'm not saying you sit down and have long biblical discussions but does your spouse hear that Jesus loves them? Do your kids hear that Jesus loves them? Or is the only time that your family hears you proclaim Jesus' name is when you take it in vain? <coughs> what about at the gym, at a restaurant, or uh, at your kids' games when a religious discussion comes up? Do we shy away from it and kind of turn away or do we take the opportunity to proclaim Jesus' name? If you're like me, we tend to shy away from it, don't we? Because we're sinful. And though we have the most precious gift, Jesus' name, the life-saving name, we tend to shy away from proclaiming it. And yet we have every reason to proclaim it. We have every reason to boldly proclaim it like Peter. Why? Because it's only Jesus' name that saves. And that's your last point today. Jesus' name is necessary to be saved. Necessary. Peter continues his speech by saying this, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be 
saved. Peter boldly proclaims Jesus as the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Peter knew that Jesus was a fulfillment of all of Scripture. All of Scripture was about Jesus, and He's our cornerstone that we build our faith around and on. Jesus. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind. No other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And how did Peter know this? Why was he so bold? Because he became intimately uh, intimate with Jesus' love and forgiveness, right? I mentioned just three times how Peter failed Jesus uh, over and over again, but Peter failed Jesus on many occasions throughout the Bible. And every time, Peter became increasingly uh, aware of God's love and forgiveness through Jesus. Every time Peter failed, Jesus picked him up with love and forgiveness. Over and over and over again. And he knew that there's no other name that we are saved under. And so he boldly proclaims the reason this man could stand up and walk is because Jesus stood up and walked out of the grave three days after being dead. You and I, we know a lot of people with a lot of great names, right? We know a lot of great people have done many great things in history. But none of them have done what Jesus has done. None of them have done as great of things as Jesus. And that's because the names that we think of right now, that we're thinking about, none of them could save us from sin, death, and hell. That was our ultimate need, right? To be saved from sin, death, and hell. And it's only Jesus who did that. That's why Jesus came to earth, to live perfectly in our place, to be our substitute. Not to be our example of how we should live, but to be our substitute and give us His perfection. And what did He do? He took our sins on Himself and went to the cross where He deleted, forgave all of our sins. And so our record is clean, clear, perfect in God's sight. And then He rose from the dead. Conquering sin, death, and hell. And so when you hear Jesus' name, I hope you leave here today, uh, and in the future when you hear Jesus' name, here's what you associate His name with. Jesus saves. Especially because Jesus means save. That's what the name Jesus means. Saves. His name is what He does. He saves. And it's that name that is written on your hearts. And it's that name that still has power in your life today. Next time you're feeling guilty, proclaim Jesus' name to your guilt and watch as it goes away because Jesus' name has saved you from that guilt. Next time you're feeling shamed and ashamed of what you've done, proclaim Jesus' name to it and watch as you're filled with love and acceptance by God. Next time you're, you're feeling down on yourself, you have a low self-esteem, proclaim Jesus' name because Jesus saved you. Think about that. God thought you were worth sending His only Son to die for. That's how God, God regards you. And when you say His name, you are constantly being reminded of that. And it's going to fill you with worth. Not self-worth, but God's worth. Jesus' name is necessary to be saved.
One final thought this morning. Imagine if doctors came up with a medication or some kind of cure uh, to prevent death. Or if you did die, uh, you immediately would be brought back to life if they injected this medicine into you. It could be the most ridiculous thing in the world, right? They could say, hey, if you dance this certain way, uh, you won't die. And the line would be so long to get this medication. That's what Jesus' name is. It saves you from death. It saves you from eternal death. It saves you from the fires of hell that are lurking behind each and every one of us. It saves you from a guilty conscience. It saves you from sin. You have this name written on your heart. Proclaim it. Proclaim it in your house. Proclaim it to your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers. Proclaim it to everybody because it's necessary to be saved. Not just for you, but for everyone in the world. There's no, under, there's no name under heaven given to mankind which we must be saved except for Jesus and Jesus alone. And praise God that He has given that name to you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for giving us the name of Jesus and, and for letting us know that we are saved through Him. We thank You for His life, death, and resurrection so that we are saved from uh, sin, death, and hell. Lord, as we go out into the world and we proclaim Your name uh, in our houses and in our lives, we ask You to be with us. Forgive us for the times that uh, we fail and that we shy away from it. And fill us with Your love and forgiveness that comes through Jesus. Uh, The forgiveness that has wiped our, our slate clean and we are now at rest in You. Be with us today. Help us to always proclaim that name and keep it on our lips. Amen.